And welcome back to another edition of the Profit Roadmap. I'm Barry Duplissy alongside Cody Owen, as always, and we're really excited to have you back for another episode. It's uh, it's a fantastic day here in the studio. Got to say that I'm really excited to. Uh, uh, well, I'm always excited to uh, to talk to you guys uh, along with Cody. We do give you we do give each other a rather hard time, but we do really work well together. Now we do have a lot on our plates, so we can't always. So you've recently listened to a couple episodes where Cody hosted one without me, and I hosted one without him. And uh, but we have a lot on our plates here at Service Autopilot, and uh, sometimes that's why we have a good team here. Sometimes we gotta we gotta you know carry one alone, take one for the team, do what you can, uh, what it's all about. But, uh, and that brought about an interesting subject, um, today for today's episode, which is how do I know what's your limit? What's too much on my plate? What's too much on my employees plates? And how do I manage such a difficult, uh, subject? This is such as this we've talked about delegating in the past and how to do that and why it's important and why you should be able to have a team that you trust upon. But there really became this niche issue of like, well, what exactly is one's limit? Your own limit? Your employee's limit? Your team's limit? And so today we're going to explore that. And so without further ado, I'm really excited to welcome back our CEO and illustrious leader, Jonathan Potoshnik, back here to the Profit Roadmap. So we're really excited to have you back in the studio, Jonathan. When we're talking about putting too much on your plate and on your back, how do you know what your own personal limit is and what do you do about it? I think you can look at the symptoms. And by symptoms, I mean in your life, are you constantly over-promising to your team, to the client, to prospects as in when you'll get them the estimate, to your family as in you'll show up for dinner on time or be at certain events. Or maybe another symptom might be you're not getting your to-do list done. So every day you're making a to-do list and it has all these things on it. And at the end of the day, you're kicking 10 of those things to tomorrow's to-do list and you'll never get that list done. Or maybe another symptom would be you know what the priorities are inside the company that will move the company forward. I think those big things you need to fix or improve, but you never get any time to work on those things. And as a result, you constantly feel that you're doing nothing more than keeping the business running and moving and serving the client just as you need to, but nothing's actually getting better. Nothing's ever going to change because you're not getting any time to work on those big things that would make things better or more efficient. It's interesting that you use symptoms almost like a, you know, obviously like a doctor. You really do have to kind of diagnose um, your business from time to time. You have to kind of give your business a physical, so to speak, and see where you kind of where you stand and what you need to improve on, what you need to do, what are your goals, how are you going to accomplish them. And like I said uh, early, it, it, the one of the biggest things is putting too much on one's plate. And we've talked about delegation before in previous episodes. It, it really, when you've identified what the issue is, like what is the best way to, in, in your opinion, Let's just grab one of these things. You've over you are you are overpromising to your team. Let's start with that one. You are overpromising to your team, saying that you're going to get new equipment, saying that you're going to ease up on the number of jobs per day, saying that you're going to hire more. What what is the first thing that one needs to do when it comes to overpromising to their team? There's a couple potential things. One is obviously being aware. I mean, we all do it. I do it all the time. It's hard not to do it. 
especially as maybe the leader of the company or being in a leadership position, because there's a lot of new things that might go wrong in a given day or new fires that suddenly come up. And so it constantly changes the plan for the day. So one thing that comes to mind is leaving, knowing that, leaving some amount of gap in the day. And so it's living in reality. For example, if I normally have six things on my to-do list that I'm going to do every day and I never get my six things done, then what are the three most important things? Maybe I sort of shrink it back to just the three most important things on my to-do list I'm going to try to accomplish for the day and leave more gaps in my day so that I can handle the fires or supporting the team or working with the team or taking those last minute things that are going to happen. Because if I get all three things done and there aren't any fires that day, nobody needs any of my time, then I can always pull something forward from my to-do list. I can go always go grab the next thing. Or I could have this one big project that's my singular focus for the month, the big ball that I want to move forward in the company. And anytime I have free time, I go work on that project. So that's, that's one thing that comes to mind. You can ask me more and we can expand on that. With the to-do list thing, I know that that is something that uh, former guest of the show, Patrick, has talked to you about just like for help in doing his job and mm-hmm. in personal life. And you recommended Dan Kennedy has a time management book. Yes. In in that book, he like specifically recommends the three to four things. Like, I mean, Patrick and I literally do it on a sticky note. And I have, my productivity has increased exponentially since like, you don't get distracted by all the other things that need to get done when you're like, no, I need to get back to these things. Like I address this problem as quickly as I can and move back to the important thing. Are you referring to the three or four core focus, most important things you're going to work on? Is that what you're alluding to in the book? If you, you know more about this than I do. Patrick read the book. I just gleaned from Patrick's knowledge. He read over his shoulder. That's cool. Yeah. So I I read that book (laughs) years ago and I've recommended that book. I did recommend it to Patrick and several, and Patrick loves that book. I've had friends tease me over the years. I read that book back in the late 2000s, like maybe around 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. and it had a huge impact on how I operate and it helped me become far more productive. And I have a bunch of friends that tease me because I don't answer my phone. And for the longest time, my voicemail, I mean, for years and years and years, my voicemail on my phone just said, if you're trying to reach me, you can either text me or call my assistant. If you think about this in my mind, there's a couple of things going on here and why I think this is valuable. And it's just one little bitty example of something I took away from Dan Kennedy that once implemented really solved a lot of problems, but it also created some conflict with my, say, business partners that I worked with one time because people think you should be accessible to them all the time. The problem is nothing in your everybody's life. Everybody's problem is more yeah. important than your problem. You're right. And, 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 you know, and I love the analogy of everybody's running around with their monkey on their back and they want to come in and talk to you and leave their monkey with you when they leave their, your <laughs> office. And so, you know, and sometimes by not being available all the time, they have to like take care of their own monkey and get that thing solved and not make it your problem. I love that analogy. It's a great visual. So let's go back and clean this up. So as an organization gets bigger, um, who am I most responsible to inside an organization as the leader of the company? I am most responsible to you guys. At the end of the day, I'm more responsible to you than to the client. Because as a company scales, and, I, and again, if, if you're a client listening to this, I want you to think about your from the perspective of you and serving your clients. So the best way for me to serve my clients, my members, as we get bigger, is for me to make sure that I have really great team members that are well taken care of in every possible way, not just in knowledge of our product or knowledge of how to take care serve the client Um, and then my job is to help them empower them give them tools uh, remove bottlenecks from their life 
because there's no scalability in me being the servant to the client all the time. I, yes, time to time I have to step in, but if we want to scale the organization and really have great service, that service will not last past a small number of clients if I'm the one directly serving them. So It's the equivalent of getting out of the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So leverage and scalability comes from me now shifting my focus to who needs my time most, and it's the team. So I am way more available to team and you know, and I care about that greatly here. That's why I try to be available as much as I can. So I'm more distractible with you guys as the team than I am with the client because at the end of the day, we are now building a team to serve the clients better than I could possibly do on my own. The coach can't go run every play. Exactly. And so, so there's still availability. It's just you have to figure out where that availability needs to be. If I and 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 this isn't even about clients. This is about friends calling me during the day or this is about hey can we go have lunch today it's like those million things that knowing my personality attempting if a friend calls me i was like hey you want to grab lunch today i look at my calendar i got a gap yeah why not that sounds great like i'm that last minute kind of person i'm a very i jump i can easily jump around i'm highly distractible i probably have adhd or whatever the acronym <laughs> uh traits you know i'm that guy that's the squirrel thing all the time and i know that about <laughs> myself and so i have to put myself in a bit of a box keep temptations and distractions out of my life and one way you do that is not constantly having your phone and your computer and everything buzzing in your ear it's not constantly having meetings with everybody so like i have regular meetings every week with marketing leadership sales leadership ceo leadership they know when the meeting's going to be they can hold their questions till that time if there's some big fire in the meantime yeah of course we're going to talk but that creates structure for me as well where we're not every time i have an idea going to their office and talking to them they're not coming to me and talking that's really the broader point here and i i use my cell phone as an example the broader point is building structure around your life both for the team and for yourself does that make a little no, more yeah, sense absolutely okay. so like if, here's a here's a good example when you were when you were running city turf and everything the very first client you set the very first client you sold you probably still city is probably still a city turf client and he or she can't necessarily get you on the phone now, but you've you've selected, empowered, educated, and taught the right people below you on that team that now when they call and they talk to them, it's like they still have that connection to you. No, they're not talking to you every time. They're they're not they haven't talked to you in years. Yep. But that initial conversation has steadily translated over the years to person to person and that you've empowered within that company and they still feel like they they are still a client of City Turf because of the way that it was initially set up by you and the process that they've experienced along the way. And that's where delegating is important and empowering the team. Like you said, you're 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 most loyal to us at this point in as, as your company scales you need to have that that more responsibility and that more loyalty to your team so that they can go out and do they can be a disciple of the the initial reasons that your client signed up with you in the first place and they can go out and and uh, serve you as as you did yeah. kind of in that replacement way but uh, but taking yeah, that so off if we your can shoulder take this idea like a, a software company isn't the same as a service company in some respects, but in a lot of respects, like what we're talking about directly translates to service businesses. I did the exact same thing at that business as well. Mm -hmm. That's how I got out of, I mean, since 2010, 11, I haven't been to, you know, ran that company. I never go there ever. And that's how I got there. You build walls around yourself and you focus mm -hmm. on the big things to move the company forward to make it better. And then you build the team around you so that they can handle the things you used to take care of you don't do if you don't ever do those things nothing ever changes and so um, i'm gonna cut you off a little bit but that yeah. everything i just described is how i got to where i'm at 
it's critical. And there's a reason why so many people are stuck in the field or so many people do get out of the field, but they're still stuck in sales or just still stuck, stuck in service or whatever the case may be is because they don't do these types of things and you have to, and, and it'll hold you back otherwise. And, and frankly, um, just to add to that concept, uh, a lot of us walk around with this belief with their, that we're the best person at all these things. Like nobody can do it better than us. We're the most talented. There's what, 7 billion people in the world. The idea that I'm the best at anything is nonsense, <laughs> you know, and, and not to mention the only way I remain the best at anything is to be studying that thing every single day and doing that thing every day. And as the, uh, your role in the company expands and you have to wear a lot of hats or you have a lot of responsibilities, there's no way you can keep studying any one micro focused area of the business like providing the service or being the marketer or being the sales guy and truly remain the best because your, your attention is spread across a lot of things. So it's easy to go hire someone that maybe they're not better at you that that thing today. Let's just go with marketing. You're on the marketing team or Barry, you're on the sales team. Yes, maybe when you first joined the team, I'm better than you at sales because I have maybe done it longer or maybe I know the product better than you. But there comes a day when you will easily outsell me. And I'm sure you're there now because you have learned the product. You do this every day and I do it once every two weeks. Who's going to win in the long term? Long term, you're going to be way better than me, even though I've been here since day one of the business because you're more current on the questions of the, the client. You're more current on the market. There's a lot. How will I ever be better than you in the long term while I'm and how will I be better than you, Cody? I won't. I, I mean, I will have I will always have skills and my skills will get better. But the idea that we're going to outperform everyone in the company, be the best at everything is just absolute nonsense. And that's what I see most of us running around doing, thinking we're the best. And as a result, I can't delegate or I can't turn this over. So I know we've kind of gone off on the delegation thing, but I would also yeah. I would I would say that this is probably one of the absolute biggest problems pegging the vast majority of clients. It's this belief that nobody else can do whatever better than us. There is almost nothing at City Turf now that I would be better at than anyone else in a company other than maybe marketing. But short of that, I mean, they could outsell me, they could out provide the service, they could out negotiate the equipment, they could, they know the pricing of equipment, they know the client better than that. Everything somebody on my team there now knows better than me. There's no way I could come in and outperform anybody. I could come in and give some leadership bigger things on, you know, I know how to get to a big company. I know how to become more profitable. I know strategy, but short of that, I'm not better than anybody at that company anymore. And that's why that company is what it is. And it's so unusual as compared to the majority of companies. If I had remained the guy, we would be just like everybody, every other company. And that is a incredibly important lesson in weaving it back to the original thing. Dan Kenny's book doesn't talk about all that, but Dan Kenny's book really helps you get focused on focusing on the stuff that will move something forward and, mm -hmm. and, and finding quiet time and focus time for you to do that and being hardcore about keeping distraction out of your life. Entrepreneurs are generally wired to jump all over the place. That's just how they're wired. That's one of the reasons they end up becoming entrepreneurs. They're the people generally that most need this kind of guidance mm -hmm. because they're just all over the board. And that's why things don't move forward because you never finish stuff or you start five projects and you finish one. Or, and that one takes you forever to finish. And so the company doesn't move forward when projects don't get done or when you're just constantly changing plans or the next new thing and the next new thing. Not only that, it wears down the team. Speaking of team, we'll ask a last question. And uh, and for the, for the record, Jonathan did nothing for my ego, which is already huge by just <laughs> laying that huge compliment on both of us, Cody. But... Uh, um, the so now 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 that everyone's listened to you talk and now that everyone's an expert at delegating, I don't know. And they're really sold on it because I'm not even an expert yeah. at delegating. I, it's a, I mean, I've been doing this a while and it's a constant struggle. But here's the here's the here's the last question for the, for this particular subject. 
So now you've you've learned to delegate. Maybe not an expert. Okay. Now you've learned to delegate. Maybe there's an awareness and, now. And so you've 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 taken some off your plate and you've put it onto employees, onto yep. your top guys and gals. When it becomes too much for them, do you, as the leader of the company, help identify and then sub delegate, so to speak, take some stuff off their plate and get it to somebody else, or do you empower them to make that decision for them? Well, anytime you and you know, I don't know if I'd claim to be a, an expert in this area. I'm growing in this area, but it, just simply focusing on the word empower, anytime you um, empower someone to handle something by themselves, then that's scalable. If it, in the long term, it requires me to constantly identify that and convince them to give something up, there's nothing wrong with that. But in the long term, then that's not necessarily, they're not completely autonomous and, and scalable part of the company, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so my job is to do more of coaching. And uh, my job is to do more of like, so I've read a million things and I've learned, I've had a lot of experiences. My job is to try to pass that information on to team members so that they can develop some of the same skills I've learned and be self-sufficient in many ways and identify for themselves where they can become more efficient, what they should be delegating, help me identify when it's time to add a new team member to the team. It shouldn't, you know, that's success is that the team is highly productive and they're, they have enough awareness to truly be productive on their own and then to come to say me if I'm still in some way influencing hiring and say, look, here's who we need to hire, here's who we need on the team, here's why, here's why we're full, here are the projects that are going on, that's success versus me saying, guys, guys, wait, or gals, whatever, you know, you're so busy, let, let's hire somebody else. Does that make a little bit of success? Absolutely. Sense? So, Absolutely, and the ultimate tool to expert delegation find a software solution. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go with that. I'll take that. (laughs) And that'll about wrap things up here at the Profit Roadmap. Thanks again to Jonathan Potoshnik for joining us today. A lot of insight, a lot of intrigue, really great advice there for all you business owners out there that have got way too much on your plate, way too much on your employee's plate, and trying to figure out the balance. We always talk about balance here on the Profit Roadmap, and you should always have balance in your business, in your life. And so we had some really good tips today from a man who's been there before, done that, has the t-shirt. And as always, we really appreciate really appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, for Cody Owen, I'm Bear Duplissy. We'll see you next time.